The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to Sideline Summit. I'm Antonio Perez, joined by CB, Culture Boy, Chris Culture. Danny will be, hopefully, is joining us soon. He had a, you know, emergency meeting with his football team um, about some safety thing, from what I know. But he should be joining us later on. But, I mean, until then, me and Chris are, of course, going to hold it down. And our summit implements of the day are the NCAA tournament. Just before we get into that, Chris, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. I'm back in my hometown in Chicago looking at the view. It's real, real, real good. I also want to wish a happy birthday to my best friend, Jade. It's her birthday today. So happy birthday to her. She turned to Big 30, so shout out to her. So it's all, all a good day. Big 30, happy birthday to Chris's friend, homeboy, homegirl, wherever you may be. Have a great one. Yeah. Enjoy 30. Live it like you're 20. Uh, right. <laughs> but get into Summit's Plummets. I... I've been wanting to speak on the summit like all all week. Um, Providence, I mean, what a what a well deserved bid. Their coach Ed Cooley's so professional. He's and he's got a lot of transfer. Like like this is a yep. very young new team that he's taking to the NCAA tournament. Not that they're going to go you know magical elite eight final four run, but I would not be surprised mm-hmm. if this team can win two games. Uh, I'll swing it to you for your summit. Uh, from the tournament, just I mean, I I, I love the the playing games. Like I like seeing the the sixteens play each other, try to see who's gonna get in. Um, I love that. And then honestly, what I'm looking forward to tonight is uh, I think it's tonight. Yeah, Arkansas and Illinois playing. Uh, Nick Smith, Jordan Walsh, Anthony Black. You got Terrence Shannon Jr. Texas Tech uh, transfer. You got a lot of NBA talent in that game. And I think it's a if I'm not mistaken, I think it's nine eight C uh, wise. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a real, real good game. So that's that's probably my summit is right now. Just looking forward to that game. Look, looking, looking forward to how that how those uh, how those kids perform. Like with the uh, so much NBA talent on the floor, I kind of see uh, want to see what they're about. Yeah, I agree. This is going to be a huge tournament for a lot of guys, and yeah. um, one definitely being Braden Miller, who people are now thinking like the argument for number two is now up. You know, between yeah. him and Scoot Henderson, um, of course, Vic's going one, uh, barring yeah. any you know anything crazy um yeah. now my plummet could easily just be everyone point and laugh at the blue blood unc for missing out on the <laughs> tournament fraud blue blood not even a not even a dark fraud. Blood. you're right but I, I, my plummet is actually going to be where they seeded texas a&m i mean this is a good basket i thought they were much better than a seven and then last year they kind of got bumped out the tournament for no reason um just as it hasn't been you know and then they got se- then they get seated up with number ten Penn State, who, um, who's been on a roll recently. To be honest, uh, they're yeah. they're getting hot at the right time. So I mean, Texas A&M kind of catching the the you know short end of the stick on you know seating who they have to play. But I hope they take that fire and you know go win a couple games. Um, yeah, I, I'm one thing about winning a couple games. With the 16 seed, like trying to play into the tournament, I've always thought in a way, okay, you win a game, maybe try to take some momentum to play the one seed, but then, of course, like yeah. it's, it's a, another 16 seed versus a one seed. So, like, I mean, Tough. if any one seed were to get upset this year, 
I honest, I don't know who I would pick. I mean, everyone thinks Houston's on fraud watch, but I mean, no, I know who I'd pick. I don't, I don't think Houston are frauds. I don't think I don't fraud, think so. It's a fraudulent team. It's a fraudulent team in there, and and I think. This is my personal opinion. Uh, well, I'll wait until my plummet to my, to my turn to go. No, Sorry. I mean you can you can go right ahead. I'm I'm done. I, I don't I want to hear who you think might be fraudulent. Oh, and, and shout out to shout out to uh to Parker who's who covers uh Locked on Cougs. He he's had me locked in to Houston we all year. Parker, that's how I know that yeah, that's how I know they're not frauds. Uh Marcus Sasser's a, a dog. But in in my eyes, the fraud and, and my plummet of the tournament is Purdue being a one seed. And it's not even because I'm, I'm hating on the school. I just, my personal opinion is they got a one seed because of Zach Eady, because he's like mm-hmm. a, he, he's, he's he's the hot commodity in college basketball right now, a really, really big guy who can shoot threes and boy, I yeah. just don't think they're a good enough team for a one seed. So if there is a team to get upset, I would pick Purdue uh, as far as a one seed to be upset. And that's my plummet too. I just feel like some teams aren't seeded in the correct way, just depending on, you know, what what what's going on? I, I think a lot of times narrative shapes seeding, in my opinion, like just in, in the college realm. So that that'll be my plummet seeing Purdue as a one seed. And and they're my they're my, my pick if I had to uh fourteen to, to be upset early on the one seed. So this not this just in happened roughly fifteen minutes ago. Miles Sanders is a Carolina Panther on a I believe they say three year deal. Uh no, I can't mm. see it. Yeah, uh, Miles Sanders, he is he is a Panther, and that's very good for him. He deserved to be paid. He's a very good running back. Eagles just do not invest in running backs. Now, since we are I, waiting on I Dan. Say tall. I think Hayden Hurst is, too. Hayden Hurst yep, is. Yep, uh, he's a Panther. A, a Von Panther Bell too. is a Panther. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll definitely get into the Panthers, Falcons, some of these teams that are making some splashes and free agency <laughs> later. Me. With Danny not here yet, me and Chris are going to go over a Take the Skyline segment. Would you rather take this player or Joel Embiid? Now, this isn't like to start a franchise. This is simply right now, this season, who's better? Because, of course, you wouldn't start a franchise with anyone other than Luka Doncic. And I think if you go in any other way, it's kind of weird. But (laughs) I'm going to pull up our options. And it's kind of going to go – we're going to start very easy with um, someone – I I don't know. Maybe it's it's not easy because – when this dude's healthy, I mean, he is he is pretty good. Joel Embiid or Anthony Davis? Mm. Well, I I think I would go Embiid because I mean, like when AD is healthy, he's obviously a walking thirty ten. Uh, but Joel Embiid does that also, um, and he's just as good as a rim protector. I think I'd go Joel Embiid. Yeah, it hurts my heart to say it. But I'm not going to say it because I'm not going to let it. I'm let my hometown bias win this one, and I'm going to pick a a healthy Anthony Davis over Joel Embiid, one hundred and not one hundred percent, but like the only reason why I say this is because I think Joel Embiid is as good of a rim protector as Anthony Davis. I do agree with that, but I think AD even when AD is healthy, he locks in more on defense, and for a lot of the teams, that's kind of what what you need more of because you always gonna have your offensive players in the NBA. So, you know, just with him locking in uh, on defense more. And I, and like I said, I think package-wise, I think Joel Embiid probably has a, a deeper bag than Anthony Davis on offense. But I think, you know, just – and hometown bias, I got to pick Anthony Davis. <laughs> There's no wrong with that. No, zero, zero shame. You got to love it. Now, this next one is – it's like another one where this guy can't stay healthy, but we know this season when he's played, he's been, he's been one of them. Joel Embiid or Kevin Durant? You first told me. 
I can, I can go first. I think I would, I think again, I, I would go Joel Embiid and it, it's Joel Embiid is just as tall. Like he's taller than Kevin Durant. He's, I believe he's seven foot to seven, two, something like that. And he is an elite three level scorer like Kevin Durant. Is he, is he as efficient? No, but he can get to the stripe like no other, which, you know, he's going to bump the averages up, slow the game down for himself. Uh, and of course he's a better defender than Kevin Durant. Um, at this point in Kevin Durant's career, um, he's actually not as aggressive as I'd like him to be. Uh, I mean, which goes into his insane efficiency, but I think I would go Joel Embiid, who can anchor an offense and a defense. Yeah, that's not bad. And honestly, since we're going on this year, and, you know, even when healthy, I think Embiid's had a better year than, than Kevin Durant, so I, I'd go um, Embiid. And, and, and it's tough for me to say because I think – I personally think Kevin Durant's a top-six player of all time today. Like that, That's my personal opinion on, on just – NBA basketball, I think he's a top six guy of all time right now. But if I today, Embiid's having an incredible season, incredible season. And like it's like you said, I think what you said, he's just a little more aggressive at this point in his career than, than KD is. And it could be for a multitude of reasons, the injuries, just him being older, wherever it is. But I go Joel over over KD this year. I would say from this point, it gets a little a little spicier. Um, Joel Embiid or LeBron James. <laughs> don't worry about it. Don't waste your time, Tom. Don't waste your time. I'll go first. I'll go first. Don't, don't you worry about it. I'll get this right away. Don't you worry about it. I'm picking Chef Goat, LeBron, the low management, the nasty comments on the pictures, whatever you want to call them. I'm going Goat James over over everybody, but oh, I'm sorry, MB. Just got sorry, but I'm going Goat James this year. Because this year, at 57 years old, LeBron James has been incredible when he's been on the court, in my opinion. Now, he does take a couple possessions off on offense, yeah, but his sheer – I mean, offense, on defense, his sheer presence on offense still scares opposing teams. You can just tell, like, about the uh, the open shots other teams – I mean, other players get on the team and so on and so forth. So, I got to go go James right there. Yeah, this one, this one's a really tough one for me because it's not only uh, – like, LeBron with Kevin Durant and AD also has the injury issues – but I mean, like, my God, when LeBron's been on the floor this year, he's been utterly phenomenal. I mean, but so is Joel Embiid. Yeah. And with LeBron, um, it's not even to the point where, like, like LeBron just doesn't even want to play defense. And, like, we all know, we all know to this day when he, like, decides he wants to play defense, when he, like, squares up, gets his hands out, I would literally take him over anybody because he's super, he's lateral, like super quick laterally and he's got good ball instincts and he can cut off passing lanes, but that isn't LeBron today, unfortunately. And I think this year more than ever, LeBron sometimes in the offense might like shadow off into the corner. I think I would go Joel Embiid this year, Mm. but But LeBron, when he does get back, is about to have an all-time playoff run. Swear to God. Swear to God. This might be his nastiest run, in my opinion. He's going for number five. He's going for five. He's going to get it. Now, we're going to go to a long-time Embiid postseason Eastern Conference rival. This season, Joel Embiid or Jason Tatum, who has been better? As a Celtics so fan, rough. as a Celtics fan and proud known Sixers hater, which like <laughs> I don't even hate the Sixers like that no more. I really do hate their announcers, but 
I would I would go Joel Embiid. It's his play style makes him more efficient, but like I mean, you can't really knock it. He is the better defender overall. Like Tatum's obviously the better perimeter guy, like by a little bit, but Embiid's the better rim protector by a lot. Um, I would say Tatum's the better playmaker, but not too far. I mean, Embiid can create out of the post. He's I did a film review on this. He is so good in transition with setting his teammates up. Um and obvious obviously, I mean, he's a seven foot guy who's a three level scorer. This season, I'd give him the nod over Jason Tatum. Main reason, the consistency. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm I'm leaning towards that way too. So I think I'm gonna go with with Embiid, my first time picking Embiid today. And, it, and it's tough, honestly, um, like, like I was saying before about JT um, being an MVP talks, I think this is JT's best year yet, like on both sides of the ball. I think it's been incredible. But when you look at, like you said, when you look at Joel's overall floor game, it's it's almost like he's a small forward with how he directs the game to an extent. Like he gets it down the post, he works from out of there, he sets up even from there, he gets to the line, he does everything. And like, like you say, he slows the game down when his team isn't doing well. And the one thing that – the one knock I have against JT is that when the Celtics aren't doing well, it's almost like JT just starts shooting threes. That's just what it feels like. Him and Jalen Brown, like, getting to that point of, like, not either one of them trying to be the hero over each other, but they just want to be there so bad. I think it just comes with maturation and, you know, understanding the, the game and understanding how it flows. But, yeah, I think I, I, I go Joel over, over JT this year. Yeah, the one thing with Joel – but the difference between Joel and P. Jason Tatum, when Joel's shot is not falling – like he'll miss like two threes in a row or two mid ranges in a row. There is not a soul on this planet that is stopping him from getting the ball in the post, one dribble, wrap around and dunking on you like Shaq. Jason Tatum, when his shots aren't falling, he's convinced that I need to keep shooting. Last night against the the Rockets, he was one for 10, I believe. One for 10 from the field. His only make was a sidestep three. One for 10 total. And then he started going to the basket. Then he makes two and then three and then four. And he kept going to the basket, which ended up like making his, you know, efficiency solid. And then, you know, he lost, he missed the game winning layup, which is unfortunate because he actually had a very good second half and a really good fourth quarter. And of course, Jalen Brown had a great game. Uh, I would just like to see Jason Tatum when the shots aren't falling, you know, get, get down to the post. Anthony Davis has stopped shooting threes like a ton. Like he'll shoot one or two a game, but he understands like, him and Bede Jokic are probably the most three unstoppable dudes on the post. Like, no one can guard these guys, probably except for each other, more so Davis and Embiid. But we're yeah. going Embiid here. Now, this is where it's going to get. Uh-oh. It's going to get crazy. I think it's I feel who's next. I feel it. The, who, who do you think is going to be that? Because there is three guys. Like, we do, we have not mentioned three guys. So I, No, I'm keeping it as if I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait, and then my reaction will show if I'm right. Okay, Luka Doncic. I knew, Joel, it. I knew it. Luka Doncic or Joel Embiid this season? Well, so I'll, I'll lead by saying this. Luka was my pick for MVP um, as before he, Kyrie. He was, yeah, he was mine yeah, before, as well. before Kyrie got there. And then since he's been gone, my choice has been Joel Embiid for MVP. So in saying so, I think Luka Doncic – is overall, I mean, you, you kind of got to factor in defense too, so that's kind of why I'm saying it. But Luca, Luca's so good on offense that it makes you kind of think it think it twice. But I, I'll probably go Embiid over Luca this year, um, and and I think it just encompassing the whole year because second half of the year Luca's been a little 
in and out of the lineup. And also, too, he's trying to figure out how to incorporate Kyrie into what they're doing over there, and Kyrie's trying to figure it out. So I think he's just, you know, kind of tailed off a, a little bit. So I, I, I lean towards Embiid on this one. I would go Embiid as well. And the, these two are the two leading scorers in the NBA. But what makes Joel so impressive is the Sixers announcer said this in their game against the Wizards, which I didn't agree with the entire thing they said. But what they did mention is that Luka Doncic touched the ball. Like he brings the ball up every single play. Every as the point guard, you can essentially decide what's going to happen, especially with his usage rate and the fact that Jason Kidd has no clue what he's doing. So he just lets Luca do what he has to, which, like you said, Luca has to figure out how to put Kyrie in the offense. Jason Kidd has zero clue what he's doing. Him he's standing would, like this. You would think him and Nash would be two of the greatest coaches ever. No, these dudes stink. Like, for two, <laughs> two of the greatest point guards ever, and they are just not good head coaches. Can't wait till he's out of there. I would go Joel Embiid, though. I mean, the... Uh, He's a, he's a little more efficient. He can get to the line. I mean, Luke can also get to the line, but Joel Embiid, he's, he's Luka Doncic, two guys who play at their own pace. I think yeah. I would go Joel Embiid this season. I wish Luka stayed a little healthier and the Mavs were a little better. I think if the Mavs were like – if they could even be the three seed, Luka would be winning because his stats are 2K-esque. Like, they're not real. Like, if you ever play 2K Sim, Luka Doncic is averaging 40, 10, and 12 on like Every. six like 60, 40, 90 every single yeah. year. Yeah. I don't know what – like 2K makes him and John Morant like out of this world. It's it's crazy. Yeah. All right. Spiciest one yet and, and then our last one, which it's not really spicy because I think we're both – both know what we're going to say. Yeah. Joel Embiid or Nikola Jokic, who's better? Nikola Jokic is like truly a unicorn, like – like I am a fan of his game, like, I, and I don't. I think he gets some unnecessary slander for like how much he doesn't score the ball. But I kind of get it. Like, at some point, you got to take over. Like, you are the best player on the team. You have to take over. Every player does it. Anyone who's the best player on the team does it. Um, for that reason, I, and not even the defensive reason. I think for that reason, I would go Joel Embiid. He's never scared of the moment. Uh, Nikola Jokic. He did attempt the game one the other night, missed it, but. Down the stretch uh, against the Raptors, shamelessly packed up eight. Um, he packed up eight garbage time points. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I think the the, the triple doubles are cute and all, um, and like Twitter pages love putting like eighty six percent from the field and like one hundred percent from three. When whole time he he shot nine shots and uh, put up two threes or whatever, like one three. <laughs> yeah, like one, one, three, or you know, whatever it may Literally. be. I'm going, I'm going Joel Embiid. He better score, and I like, I do like my centers as traditional rim protectors. So, I've always yeah. been a Joel better guy. Yeah, it's and and my answer is uh, I'm I'm 100 with you. I'm going Joel over uh, Jokic. But this is the the funny part. I would pick Jokic as MVP this year. Like I I think Jokic is the most valuable player in the NBA to their team, like as far as what the award says. But I think Joel Embiid's a better player and he's had a better season. I know that might be a, a weird dynamic, but that's just how I look at it. The reason Jokic has so many, gets so many assists and triple-doubles is because he's playing with a shooting guard and point guard in Jamal Murray. We already talked about Michael Porter's assist numbers. I don't think he even, even tries it. So it's Under like he Porter assist, free money. Every night. And then like he boards because he's the only one that's trying to get the board because everybody else is running so he can throw the pass. Like... His stats are inflated a little bit, and I think that's what even makes him and Embiid as close as, as the public kind of wants to make it. Like, 
my center has to care a little bit about defense. Like he has to do more than just kick the ball when it's when it's when it's coming down the court to get a kick ball violation. Like I I just don't like that aspect of it. And as a center, I, I gotta go on B because and B you're not gonna dunk on B. And if you do, even come dunk back on you and block your next two shots. And that's the kind of like mean streak I want in a in a center. And I just don't think Jokic. Even I don't don't say he don't have it. Yeah, but I just, he just hasn't showed it yet. So I'm going yeah. To no, I I definitely agree. I need a guy who can anchor both sides. But I I would definitely say like Nikola Jokic is. He's utterly phenomenal, and if he did walk yeah. away with a three P at MVP, I really have no complaints. I mean, mm. I would probably pick and beat up to this point, only because we can't keep switching the narrative to fit Nikola Jokic. Mm. Joel Embiid, like the Nuggets, are the one seed in their conference, but the Sixers have a better record. Like the Sixers are the better basketball team, and that is in large part to Joel Embiid because when he doesn't play. That's not a good team. I mean, James Harden every now and then can revert to Houston Harden and, you know, carry the load a little bit. I promise you, he can't do it consistently as he as he used to. And mm-hmm. and good for him for, like, completely changing his play style to be the two-man next to Embiid. That's the big, greatest pick and roll I've ever seen. I'm not going to lie. But moving on to the last guy, which who's, who is better, Joel Embiid or Giannis Antetokounmpo? I have Giannis. I think think Giannis is is the best player in the world. I think he's going to finish as a top 15 player of all time. I'm, I I don't, I mean, look, I don't like him when he plays the Celtics. When they face in the playoffs for a seven game span, to me, he is running dunk. Otherwise, he is this generation's next GOAT. He is going to be one of, he's going to be the best player in the NBA for as long as his legs stay under him. I love Joel. I really do love Joel Embiid. I think Giannis is like he's gonna be, you know, legendary territory. Yeah, yeah, I gotta go GG too. It's it's not. I won't say it's not even close, but Giannis plays every game. I mean, he's missed some games this year, but Giannis damn near goes out there and plays every game. Plays both sides of the floor. It's hard. He plays like a tenth man on the team trying to stay on the team. He plays like the Nassis plays, but he's Giannis, and and. I'll, even with him being run and dunk, like nobody can stop it. So I mean, why not? Why why stop? And then he's he's added the mid range. He's added a, a couple of things. He's added a floater. He's added a uh, like he's added to his game in the time we've seen him being coached by Jason Kidd to to now. So I I, I gotta go Giannis. I think Giannis will be defensive player of the year almost every year, either him or Bam, honestly. So with that, and then I damn think he should be the MVP every time. It's it's tough not not to go with Giannis over over anybody right now. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna roll into our wide receiver review preview, however you want to however want to put it. Now, last week we didn't have bust. This week we have bust. I'm hating for sure. Now nah, I'm playing. I, I like I like a lot of these receivers. Um, well, we can start with our bust because we haven't you know done one in two weeks. M- my bust is is Tank Dell, and I, that might be an unpopular pick. I mean, he's not one of the like highly coveted guys, but. He had a really good senior bowl practice. He was really good one-on-one. I liked his able to create separation. Uh, and he, he really is a good route runner. He showed really poor hands at the combine. He didn't run as fast as someone that I thought, like for his size, like a 5'8", 170 dude. I really wanted him to try to get that 4'3", which 4'4 isn't bad. Like that's that's still really good, like no doubt. And he's very football fast. Um, I don't see him being the wide receiver two of a Super Bowl winning team. I could see him maybe being like a wide receiver four speedster type of guy. He has to become a better blocker. 
especially for his size. Like he, he, he simply just has to get bigger. Like a no knock to his yeah. game. Of course he can ball. Uh, I would like to see the hand shore up a little bit and I would just like to see him put on like a little bit of size along with his amazing speed. Sounds good. Well, um, for my bust, I so and and I don't even know. I, I I think it should be considered a bust because for all the the rankings I've seen, he's been in the top ten like as far as wide receivers go. But uh, Josh Downs would be my bust um, from North Carolina, and it's mainly because of the of the size. He's just small, like he's really really small, and I think the days of like tiny really, really small slot receivers are kind of over. And it depends on, like, where he's picked to where, you know, if he'll be a bust or not. But I think if you pick him anywhere before, like, round two or three, I think you're taking a really big risk just because of just how small he is, unless you have, like, a bunch of big receivers. Like, okay, if you if you have A.J. Browns, you can do Devontae Smith. And even though Devontae Smith is not as small as Josh Downs, you know, he's, you know, skinnier, more, you know, frame needs a little bit of work, if you will. But I think if, if Josh Downs go through a situation like that, we have a big wide receiver one next to him, I think he, he could be a bust, depending on where he's taken. Yeah, I, I don't think that's a bad one either. Josh Downs does have his downsides. I mean, he can't block. He he, he can't stalk block for nothing. Like, I, I block better in middle school. I'm not going to lie. He, he can't block. <laughs> He is very fast, and I do believe he could be a deep threat for a team. He's a very good route runner. His concentration catches could use some work. Um, but his main problem is, like, when you're a smaller guy, like, the main reason for concern is injury. But now when your size is just simply affecting your gameplay, then there's something to, like, really worry about. He's not mm-hmm. really physical on his route. He can easily get thrown off his routes, and he spends too much time at the line of scrimmage because he's trying to outmuscle people with the muscle that isn't there, unfortunately. I think he could be a big play guy, though. Like, I, I do think he could pan out, like like you said, pan out with a team uh, where he's not asked to be the number two or even number three. Like, if he could be the yeah. number four, don't put him in a lot of run-blocking situations. Uh, he could be good, but, you know, coaches need your guys to block for, for certain. Yeah, so- I think he's more of like a, a gadget guy or a, he can be mm-hmm. – with his speed, I think he's an elite kick return, pump return threat, you know, if, if you decide mm-hmm. to go that route with him. But I don't think you pick that guy that as early as I see him yeah, going no. in some box. Yeah, so no. that's my yeah. – Yeah, a lot of people have him as like one of the five best receivers. I certainly don't. Um, but we can move on to a sleeper guy. Um, my, my sleeper guy is someone that I honestly didn't like – review too much until today but Cedric Tillman who is the teammate Ooh. of Jalen Hyatt at Tennessee he is like a big upside like I mean th- this is certainly like a late day two probably day three pick he's very good at the jump ball he's a very good size like very good athlete for his overwhelming size um, and he's NFL, like he, he's six, four two something. That's an X. That is a number one in the NFL. And it's all a matter of putting the hands. Like he didn't get to run a lot. Uh, like his route tree was very limited, um, in college, of course, playing alongside Jalen Hyatt. Um, and he doesn't really have a lot of film, same issue the Hyatt does, but I think Cedric Wilson or Cedric Tillman can be a sleeper for an NFL team on, on day three. If you, if you're looking to find like a sneaky guy who can win jump balls, has good size, has good upside, and, you know, good physicals, that'd be my sleeper for sure. Yeah, I like that one. I like that one. Uh, my sleeper is Rasheed Rice from SMU. And, I, and I'll tell you why. Living in Dallas now, 
I hear a lot about, you know, how Texas is in general on football. She writes a name that I, that I heard a lot. And I just, you know, started to pay attention a little bit. And I seen like how big he was on film. Like he, he's a big guy, 6'2", 205. Like he's a, he's a big guy in, in my opinion. And I think if you take him, you know, wherever you take him, I think he's a guy who can change the offense. And he has like, what it looks like on film to me is that he's NBA ready, I mean, NBA, NFL ready. Like he's ready to play downs today. Like he can come contribute to a team today. Like I said, because of size. Overall, I think he's a, a pretty good athlete, and he has pretty pretty short hands from, from what I've seen. So I say Rasheed Rice would be uh, my sleeper. I think he can he can come in year one and, and change a team. I like that one. And there's been some, like, little bashing over Rasheed Rice. I mean, he's not very physical at the line of scrimmage, can get thrown off his route. But otherwise, mm-hmm. I mean, like, the, those are things you can fix. And if he does get put in the slot or, you know, mismatch on the outside, there are coachable things to, to fix that. Now, we yeah. can move on to our favorite. We can go on to our favorite wide receiver in mm. the draft. Um, I think I'm going to go with Tillman's teammate. I think I'm going to go with my favorite wide receiver being Jalen Hyatt. He's very limited yeah. tape. He, he only got really like one season of production. But we're talking world-class speed here. Very fast. He can track the ball like super well, which is what you want in a deep threat. And he can block really well. Unlike the other couple of guys we were talking about, he's a good run blocker. And that is something that coaches look at a lot. He's a very good route runner. So, I mean, his tree really isn't limited. He's got short, like sure hands. He ran a 4-4 at the combine and people were disappointed. I'm like, what are we talking about? Like, that is still very good. And he's clearly NFL fast. He can be like, even like catching the ball and getting out in space, he could really be something like I, I i truly do believe he's going to work out in the nfl yeah i like that one and, and i think uh my, my favorite favorite receiver in this class is i mean i i, I guess i'm gonna sound like a casual but it's gotta be quentin johnson and it's this dude is a tank <laughs> first and foremost dude's a tank and ever since the, the first the first i heard of him was the Ravens should look at trying to get Quentin Johnston if, if they can. You know me, I'm all ears. If I can get somebody to catch the ball, like, actually, I'm like, okay, I'm looking at it. And then when I seen this guy, I'm like, not only is he a monster, he, he's a he's an athlete. He's a he's a physical beast. And I think just from that, like, and like a lot of my favorite receivers of all time, like the Calvin Johnsons of the world, like, the, I like I like the bigger receivers. I, I'm, I'm big receivers with good athleticism, and I think Quentin Johnston could be in that space. So he, he, he's my favorite. Yeah, I, I, I like that one a lot. There's a lot of people who are down who are down on maybe like he didn't get to run the whole route tree at TCU. But I mean, look, I'm gonna be honest with you, man. They was just out there trying to win games. And he's really? an athlete. Your your goal is either get it downfield to him or get it to him short and let him work. You know, they didn't really have the offensive line to let Duggan sit back there and let him get into his thing. I thought he had a very good combine. I thought he ran his routes very smooth for someone his size. He's super agile for someone his size. So he can catch and move with the ball, and obviously he can stretch the field. The one thing I would like to see him do better in the NFL is maybe attack the high point better for his physical size. Sometimes he doesn't come down with it as much as you'd like. Mm -hmm. Same with the blocking is for someone his size. You'd like to see that get better. But, I mean, the physical freak and, and speed and agility, the upside of this kid is, like, like you said, like that, that's an NFL wide receiver. He, he could easily pan out in the NFL with, with the right coaching, in, in my opinion. And if he's your wide receiver one, that, that's a great pick, like, like to be honest. Um, and now we're going to move on to our best wide receiver. Those were our favorites. 
Got to go to our best. I think, I think the agree. best. I think the best wide receiver in this class is Jackson. Jackson Smith and Njigba. JSN. Yep. And, and people have forgotten. Like, uh, like we're looking too much into a forty time or a potential. Like he's never like outran anyone on the field. Like he's never won a foot race on the field. I don't really care. No one can guard this dude, and especially as a slot receiver. He's gonna be creating so many mismatches for safeties and for linebackers. Like, like in the middle of our best wide receiver talk, we finally got our boy in for the last fifteen or so minutes. Um, I'm gonna finish up with uh, my best my best wide receiver talk, and then I will swing it to you, Danny. But yeah, JSN he's very hard to get hands on. He's very crafty in open space. He can be a vertical threat. He's shown it at Ohio State and. Listen, the last time we've seen the dude fully healthy, he put up 300 yards in the Rose Bowl. So I don't, I, I quite literally don't care. Now, Chris, before I swing it to you for the best receiver, Danny, mm. man, how are you doing? If you want, if you want to give like a quick summit plummet of the NCAA, then you can. Or, but if you just want to get into like your best wide receiver prospect, we'll let you do it. Yeah. I mean, apologies about running late. No, no, meeting no, 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 team. no. It just uh, ran long. So, and I get right back into it. Let's get it started, man. Um, the NCAA March Madness is, is right now, right? Uh, yeah, it's getting kick-started, man. It's, get, it's getting kick-started. I believe the bracket's locked tomorrow at noon? Uh, I believe so, yeah. yeah. Um, I can't bet on it. I'm an NCAA athlete. Technically, I'm not even an NCAA athlete. I'm an athlete, but it's a, it's a weird situation. Can't throw, me, throw me money, bro. I got you. I got you. Hey, yo. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not 21, but yeah. And I, NIL, uh, do not listen to this. Uh, NCA, you did not hear that. Uh, everything, I'm not doing that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, I think I'm going to get into my best wide receiver. It's kind of, it's going to be, it's a, it's a hard one here, right? You got a couple, I think there's three guys to look at. You got the devil you know. In Quentin Johnson, the devil you don't know in JSN, he hasn't played in a year. And then you have a guy who won the Blitnikoff Award in Jordan Addison. Uh, I think those three are clear top three guys in the draft. Um, I'm going to go Quentin Johnson. Uh, you saw he performed on all three stages. Um, he, he, he couldn't get it done against Georgia, but could anyone? Georgia literally was sacking Max Duggan in like half a second. Yeah. Are you going to blame his wide receiver production in the national championship game? They lost by 50. I don't think it, the problem is the quarterback couldn't get the ball out. <laughs> Watch the yeah. game. Yeah, and it was it was poor blocking overall. Was, was I think I, you could both say well, JSN he, he and Julio. Quentin he Johnson. Is Julio. He, he is the, the most Julio-like receiver to come out since Julio. I don't think that's a hot take. I mean – Dude, yeah. physical freak. But I'm going to swing it to Chris to for his best wide receiver in the 2023 NFL draft class. And I, I'm going to go JSN too. I had it, it was it was it was a toss up between Quinn and JSN. I just man, I just think JSN could could change so many offenses offenses no matter where you put him. Like when he's healthy, when he's right, he got great hands. He can, he can he can do it all, in my opinion. So I, I I'd had to give it give it to him. I, it, it was between him and Quinn, but I I lean towards Jason. Yeah, it's not bad at all. I think either one of them too. You could argue the top guy. If you're a Jordan Addison guy, of course you could argue him as a top guy. I think one thing we can all agree on: uh, if Marvin Harrison Jr. was in this draft, he'd be number one. 
that kid's out of this world. Danny, do you just want to uh, real quickly give us a sleeper, a favorite, and a bust for the wide receiver class? Yeah, I'm going to go give a sleeper. My sleeper is Jalen Hyatt. I think he actually is the third best receiver in his class. Uh, it's a hot take. I like that one. Um, I like it. Uh, I have my receiver video coming out tonight. Uh, I think he's the third best receiver. I told Tony this the other, earlier this week. You don't accidentally put up five touchdowns against Nick Saban. Um, no, you got to be good. You got to be special. You got to be real good. Um, <laughs> it's like Antonio Brown when he played Bill Belichick. Because I'm going to bring this up. Belichick and Saban are best friends. AB when he played. Uh, Belichick couldn't do anything because they bracketed the safeties. Saban could not figure out a way to stop him. No. I, yeah. I mean, sometimes guys are too fast. Guys are too <laughs> unguardable. His 40 doesn't show that he's like, wow. But, like, he yeah. – the way we, when you watch him run, he's butt naked every play. Exactly. Exactly. Like – I don't really care about the limited production, like like the one year production. I I really don't care. The dude's beast. Can we get a? Okay. Can we get a? Can we get I, a I heard someone receiver? say, "Oh, uh, Jalen Rager is similar because Jalen Rager had one year of production." You know the thing? Jalen Rager has production off screens. This dude's running by people. Yeah, screens, jets, like he was a he was if a Walmart version Hyatt, of like D'Anthony Thomas. Jalen Hyatt can step into any offense in the NFL. And at worst, be the wide receiver too. He could, yeah. He he is he is an eagle. I fear. Other than the eagle, other than the eagles, other than the eagles and the uh, and the Bengals, he could set and the and the Dolphins. Sorry, there's a couple. There's a couple teams. I, no, I'm saying I won him on the Eagles because him replacing oh, Quez. Oh, that's nasty, Danny. Real you know quick. what I'm saying though? Like he, there's a couple teams that he can't step into and be like the immediate two. Yeah, no, I know. I, yeah, for sure. Um, Right before we get into our uh, free agency part, Danny, who who's a bust out of this class? Need some negativity. <laughs> the bust out of this class. I mean, like who who I think is going to be drafted high and be bad. Yeah, yeah, we can go with that because I also think a lot of these guys are just they're simply going to pan out. Like I think they're all obviously they all can't be good, but if you had mm. to pick someone to be bad. Who do I think can be bad? There's a lot of guys who who I think are just going to be like straight out, flat out bus, right? Mm. Um, mm. I think there's a lot of these people are keep getting, hyping up Josh Downs. I'm just not a big fan of Josh Downs. Um, Chris agrees. Yep. He's he's undersized. He's he doesn't. He, I think he he has an opportunity to be drafted high and be a bust. I don't. That doesn't mean I think he's the worst, right? Out here, um, I just think that like him and Dell have I have an opportunity to be like Sky Moore in respect, drafted in the second round, and you're just like, where's the production? Um, yeah, so yeah, I totally, I, I totally. I see mean, it. I, I I think the talent's there. I think the talent's there for every receiver, though. Um, these guys aren't NFL prospects for no reason. Um. A little shout out sleeper though. Um, shout out sleeper to Andre Yosefas out of Princeton. Shout out to him. Shout out Ivy League. Yeah. So moving on, we were going to grade some free agency moves, but there's too many that I liked. So we're just gonna go with which team is having the best free agency so far. And while Danny's 
you know, while the iron's hot, we're just going to swing it to you. Who do you think's having the best free agency so far? Uh, honestly, I think it's clear. Um, this team actually got clowned on for making a trade to do this. It's the trade to the number one overall pick. The Panthers have recently signed Miles Sanders. They signed mm-hmm. a, a really, really solid tight end in Hayden Hurst. Um, you're getting weapons for Richardson or, or Stroud or Young, whatever one you want to choose now. And here's the thing. You can go a second-round pick or one of your picks. You go and you get a wide receiver, and you're set. Because then you have a really young, really solid O-line. Your defense already could have won you games. Um, I think – and the Panthers, they went and got uh, Von Bell, right? I think the Panthers are really, really – I think they should be favorites in the South right now. I, I, I'm not impressed with the Saints. Um, I, I like what they did get Jamal Williams. Doesn't move the needle for me personally. Nah. I think that just that, – that for me, that's just uh, Alvin Kamara is going to jail. Let's go get a running back. <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> All right, uh, I'll I'll go right before Chris. My since you said Panthers, I think Panthers had a very good free agency so far. Um, I had I, I see the the Saints. I was kind of like up and down on because like credit to them for like even trying to make it work, <laughs> you know. I, I was I was looking for a way to give them the benefit of the doubt. I can't do it. However, a team I can, um, the Atlanta Falcons, staying in the South, they picked up uh, Jesse Bates, who's going to be huge for their their horrible secondary. They picked up Jonu Smith, who honestly can play real tight end for them and potentially just move Pitts to wide receiver. Like finally, just move him to wide receiver. Now they're probably like they probably won't officially move him to receiver, and they're just going to lead the league in two tight end sets, but. I think this this opens up the case for Pitts that he can actually go one receiver with London. Um, they signed a very solid backup in Taylor Heineke, who I I firmly believe is better than Marcus Mariota. Um, and I think this just you know let's rid a ride. I think, and, and they paid you know they paid uh, Lindstrom uh, the guard, so that gets protection for Ritter that he didn't have last year. I'm excited to see him next year. I'm excited to see this team. I think them and the Panthers are like steps ahead of the other two teams where the Bucks just signed Baker Mayfield and the Saints are I just slept on man. I slept on. Uh... <laughs> it could work out. It it depends. It depends what we're working with with Baker. Is this gonna be 2020 Baker? Is this gonna be last two seasons Baker? But Okay, here's the it thing. Depends, though, like, it just depends you, how he pans out. Hope he fails. You hope he fails. Oh, is the Bucks? Yeah, because then you know, you get Caleb guy. Williams. Yeah, you, there's this guy USC who could probably start on like sixteen or so NFL teams right now. According to Nick Wright, this guy can start on um, about twenty five NFL. 25. <laughs> yeah, like unreal. Insane. I wouldn't say that, but um, Chris, who are you rocking with? Who's having the best free agency so far? It hurts my heart to say this because even though I'm a hometown kid, I'm a Chicago Bears hater. So all my people who watch this show, they are going to be looking at me crazy. But I think the the Bears are having the best offseason right now because I think they filled so many holes that they had. That trade, the number the one, number one pick trade, them getting DJ Moore and getting those other picks, they still are in the top ten. So they're still able to fill another big hole right there. They got, uh, I think they got two second rounders, I think, two second rounders in that trade, a fourth and like a sixth and yep. another first. Two, and yeah, they got like, two, two first, two seconds, and DJ right. Moore. 
Yeah, that, that's the same. I feel like that's the same value for that. Then they went out and got Tremaine Edmonds, went out and got TJ Edwards. Uh, sorry, uh, Tom. And uh, I think it was just great that they did that. And like I said, I think it gives the Chicago fans life. And I think that's a, a bigger part of it. Like, it shows that Ryan Poles is trying to make this team better, is giving the the fans something to cheer about for real. Like, they, they, they're going to cheer regardless. Now you're actually putting out a competent team out there. You're trying to put a real offense together. I mean, it sucks losing David Montgomery, but if they're smart, I would pick a running back number nine. I'm not going to say exactly who, but it does. His name is B. John Robinson. I would pick him at nine just to what? get a running back. At nine? I, would, I know you don't take running backs in the first. I know you don't take the running backs in the first. It depends how but, highly I wouldn't take them in the first, especially in the top ten. Hey, if they, what they could do, though, what they could do, though, is maybe trade back mm. even more. It's just, I don't know. Maybe you rock out with uh, Khalil Herbert with as good as Justin Fields is on uh, running the ball. Yeah. I believe they signed Travis Homer as well. They did. And my, my only reason saying it looks like they're, like they're shifting over to a running back by committee. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, yeah. But what what I've seen, um, I was looking at mocks, they had Bijan, like I think I've seen them as high as like twelve. So I didn't think nine was a crazy reach, especially, you know, if your RB one's gone. I mean, Travis Homer's pretty good as well, but like I said, and that was like I said, that might have been a cold take. But you know, we're gonna see. Um like I said, I just really want to see um how it pans out. So I think they're actually trying. And and being being uh, from Chicago, seeing it, we ha- they haven't had a front office that tried. So I'm I'm giving some love to Ryan Post for trying. I'll tell you this. Yeah. Um I see I people see that it, make man. these people that make these mock drafts are horrible. Um <laughs> you can look back at my uh mock drafts and other people's mock drafts from last year. We all had Kmon going one or two. He went five. I made, we, we I made a mock on. <laughs> I made a mock draft that had Kyle Hamilton and Jordan Davis going one and two. Yeah, swear. like yeah, swear. <laughs> Thank God he didn't. They got Kyle. Hamilton. No, legitimately. Yeah. Um, like you can see other people. People were hyping up Kyle Hamilton to be the number one prospect in the draft, which I still think he's a phenomenal player. But like, you gotta realize I did have him top five. I did have him. These people five. value. I think he still played phenomenal rookie year. Um, but like these great. teams value players differently than we know. The media wants to paint this picture that. X, Y, and Z, and these players are going. But we don't know what's going on in these front offices. We don't know that the Panthers want Stroud. We don't know that the Panthers are taking a quarterback at one. They probably are. I would hope so. I would hope so. <laughs> oh, man. But, I, yeah, no. You're what I'm saying, though, right? right? Yeah, because a lot of teams are like, oh, you could only get a third for Jalen Ramsey. Well, like, you weren't on the phone call. Like, the Rams have no leverage. They have to get rid of the money. It's not well, really something thing is do. This. Go ahead that but like here's what i'll tell you this like i don't think the panthers made a bad trade i think the panthers that panthers actually fleeced the bears you know the niners had to go up to get the third pick yeah they the had to niners get the three first, first rounders to get three the third first. pick so the niners the niners decided that we're gonna give up all this and literally just take the third guy off the board which then at the time there were clear differences who was going where but I mean, in this class, like, credit to the Panthers. They're going to get their guy. They're not going to third and be like, oh, we'll take whoever's left. They want theirs. Exactly. Credit to them. Here's the thing. The Panthers, imagine they trade up the third. The Panthers probably going to give one less first and trade with the Cardinals. The Panthers said, screw that. We're jumping the Texans, and we're with our guy. We're not going to have to wait. And now, and now the they're Niners, in control. Imagine if the Niners had Trevor Lawrence right now, and they gave up what the Panthers did. Yeah, people are gonna come years from now. People are gonna look back and say, "Oh, I'm stupid because I said the Panthers had a bad trade." 
Because guess what? You can replace your receiver. You can't replace a quarterback that you think is your guy. Exactly. I agree. So, because Danny wasn't here for the first one, um, I'm probably going to get rid of the the. – I'm probably going to cut out the other one. Our outro game of Guess the NBA Player. Me and Chris did this off screen. Just know as a, as a run, Chris got it, um, of course. <laughs> so, the thing is, is I have an NBA player. These two have 20 questions to get it right. Essentially, they have 10 apiece, but they can't really communicate. So, like, if Chris asks a question, uh, for instance, let's say it was an NFL player, and he's like, does this person play in the NFC? I say, yeah. Then Danny has to build off of that. I'm like, okay, uh, does he play in the West? And essentially, they can't communicate. They have to build off of each other's questions to find out what NBA player am I talking about. Now, Chris, it's not the same one that we just discussed a couple minutes ago. I do already have a different one in my head. Um, we're going to let, I'm going to let Chris lead the way after, you know, his question, then Danny will go and we'll build from there. Guess the NBA player. Okay. Um, is this NBA player, I mean, is this player currently playing? Like, is he active in NBA today? He is not on a team, no. Okay. Is player a guard? He's not a guard. Okay. Um, did this player ever play for the New York Knicks? He did. Okay. Go ahead, then. Did this player play between 2000 and 2022? Yes, he did. And and that is a good question. Trying to, you know, keep him in the present. Present, sort of. Is this player Carmelo Anthony? Hey, this player is Carmelo Anthony. You guys destroyed this thing. You guys <laughs> destroyed it. And that's good I mean, teamwork. That's good teamwork. Thing, though, right? I'll tell you this. Um, we, we've been watching your TikToks. We know that you've been uh, – don't swing the rock. We don't swing that. the pill, man. I'm telling you, that is beautiful basketball. I'm going to – you know what? Just because I'm going to pull up some screenshots from last night of some stat lines. Okay. So we have Kelly Oubre, 28 points, one assist. That's how you play basketball. I don't know Clay Thompson earlier this week. Oh, Clay Thompson had 38 and zero. Beautiful. <laughs> we have – let's see. Halo Bancaro, 27 points, no assist. That's how you play basketball. Michael Porter Jr. is right. Yo, whoa. Michael Porter Jr. was feeling like prime Rondo last night. He had 23 points and two assists. That's got to be a career high. Woo. That's Actually, I looked it up. His career high is five. Yo, Michael was- Porter Jr. plays like you're playing a 2K game. Yeah, you just he, he going for badges. Like <laughs> he, he, he spam A and just shoot at the three point line. Turn all of his sliders up. He cool. The craziest thing for as many threes as he shoots, he shoots above forty percent. Like he's a jack, but he get he can score. Like he he's a jack. You could legitimately like make the argument he's like the second scorer uh, for the Nuggets if they gave him enough touches. And of course, if he could play defense a little better. Wait, but the Nuggets have a nickname. I'm gonna call them the Nugs. The Nugs. The the Nuggets they need to figure out that Jamal Murray is not an actual NBA point guard. He's a two he's a two guard. They need to figure out somebody who actually wants to pass outside the center. And then Michael Porter Jr. It'll probably be contagious to him. He doesn't see Jamal Murray pass. He's like, why, why should I pass? It? Man, just run a I big they, lineup. I, I put Jokic at the one and put DeAndre Jordan in or something. Nah, they should trade DeAndre for Jordan Pat. to Switzerland. What was that, Danny? They should trade for Embiid and then run Embiid and Jokic. And Embiid, Jokic, pick and roll, I promise you, is the only play they're running. Only play. And you can run it both ways. And one more 
like beautiful stat line from last night that I want to bring up. Anthony Davis, 35 AD. points, one assist. Beautiful. It is so oh beautiful. Y'all know my favorite question. part about that? Y'all know my favorite part about the Anthony Davis thing? Yesterday I was watching the game. I, I absolutely loved him just standing right in the middle of the – right in the free throw line, holding the ball for 14 seconds, real LeBron-like, and then going to hold, doing some BS and getting called, getting the foul call. That was my favorite part of last night, honestly. Detrimental. <laughs> Why are we in an era where we expect bigs to get assists? It's like, because it's this is basketball now, the dog. idea. Like, I know, bro, but, like, we never expected Tim Duncan to get eight assists a game. Yeah, like me personally, my big, my center doesn't have to do that. Well, hence, my favorite team center is Robert Williams and Robert or, Al, do that, or Al Horford on a on a given night. Yo, sneaky, Robert Williams is one of the best passing bigs in, in the he, NBA. He just man. don't get assist. He's more like the hockey assist guy. Um, and he has nice, like he has nice uh, uh, touch passes too. That's one thing he does really well. He'll catch it and drop it off. If you watch the playoffs like last year, Rob Will was throwing some dimes. Yeah, real stuff. Like like Robert Williams last year, bro, he was special. Like, I mean, he's still okay this year, but he was special. Like, last year, Robert Williams is what people thought Mitchell Robinson would be. Mm. Um, yeah, he was phenomenal. But lucky to have Danny come in back half of the episode, talk some wide receivers, talk some free agency, of course, uh, play the outro game. Danny didn't get to talk um, – who we think is better than Joel Embiid this season. I have a strong feeling Danny would say no one, but because, uh, you know, John you see assist. the only guy. Yeah, that's essentially the go. conclusion we came to is the only guy that's better than him this year has been Giannis, and maybe you could argue a couple of other guys. But Giannis that, is also more freaky, said, too. Yeah, he uh, – yeah, I, I, I don't know, like – and B'd be busting out the like the degeneration exposes. Yeah, that, that was nuts. But also, but also, too, that dude Giannis on Instagram Live, he has one of the greatest quotes ever. He said, and I he quote, the "They call and me the quote. Greek freak on the court, but in the sheets, I'm a freak too." So that is right there makes him the freakiest dude. <laughs> no, you know the, the the best quote from Giannis is uh, 50 piece chicken mini." Oh, yeah. <laughs> mini was spam during that summer, special, but special. Um, that's everything we got for you guys today. Um, when you're watching this, this is going to be a super late release, but don't worry. We are getting it to you um, from Antonio, Chris Kulcher and Danny Cole. You pens finest. Have a good night. Make sure you keep showing love. Subscribe. Make sure you download. If you're listening to on a podcast network, love and appreciate you guys. Have a good one. <laughs>